Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring program is for high-achieving and ambitious mid-level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook, Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn, and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings. Happy end of August to you. Today we're going to talk about what I'm seeing that is tripping job seekers up this year. And some of these things are unique to 2022, and some of them are kind of always tripping job seekers up. So, you know, there is the fact that we're kind of navigating uncharted waters here in terms of the job search, right? Things have changed, the way the hiring process has changed, companies are struggling to figure out how. They're going to, you know, navigate their own processes. And so I kind of wanted to address it from that perspective. And I'm going to present this as problem solution format, right? So there's a problem with each of these. And here's my solution. The first one I want to talk about is the interview process. So the problem is that candidates are being faced with all kinds of different interviews, video interviews. Virtual interviews. And what I mean by video interviews are, you know, canned questions and they have to answer them and it's recorded and they send it off. Video, virtual interviews via Zoom or Teams or whatever. Phone interviews are still happening. And of course, now we are seeing most, most positions are doing some in person interviewing as part of the process, usually toward the end. And I have clients who have gone through as many as 10 rounds of interviews only to be passed over for an internal candidate. It's a tough thing to navigate. And so here's my solution. Preparation. This is not new information, of course. It's so important to practice your responses to questions like, tell me about yourself and behavioral questions that are likely going to come up based on the kind of work that you're applying for. And I don't recommend that you practice with a friend or a family member because they don't know how to help you. They can say, you know, that sounds good, or I maybe I'd say it this way, but they don't know what's really going on unless your friend or family member happens to be, you know, a a coach like me who operates in the job search space or is an HR person. So I do recommend working with a professional such as me. Also, you want to practice the technology you'll be using ahead of time if possible. So it is perfectly okay to ask the interviewer things like, what will this interview, what will the platform be? Who will be in the interview? You know, how many people can I expect? What are their roles within the organizations? The main thing about the technology is that it's very hard to overcome a disastrous beginning because of technology. If you are clearly just struggling, to get the technology up. So we're not talking about, you know, there's a storm and everybody's everybody knows it, or the problem is at the company's end. We're talking about you don't know how to turn your video on or your audio on. It's going to be really hard to overcome that and, you know, succeed in the interview. So be sure and ask all the questions that I mentioned. Who's going to be in the interview? What's the format? 
what platform will they be using? Anything that you need to know to help you prepare properly. So that's number one, the interview process. Number two, I'm hearing a lot of questions about, you know, I can't tell if this, this job is remote, if it's in-house, is it's virtual. So some, the problem is some job announcements are telling you that they're very clear up front and others aren't. And that is really tripping up my clients who are saying, but I really only want to work virtually. I've been doing it for X number of years now, or I really want a hybrid. I've been working virtually and I really want to get back in the office some. So whatever it is, typically it doesn't involve, you know, I want to make sure the job is in person. If it doesn't say in the ad, that's kind of an assumption, but they are concerned if they want to work virtually or hybrid and it doesn't say whether that's an option. The solution for this one is to apply anyway. If it's a job that you're extremely interested in, you're really excited about, and you feel that you are really well qualified. And by the way, my criteria for well qualified is that you have at least 75 to 80% of what they're asking for. So I did not say 100% qualified, but you're at least 75 to 80% there. It's quite possible that there may be room in the negotiation phase once they're excited about hiring you. So I would pursue it if it meets all of your other criteria. But the question is, you know, is this an in-person job or can I work remotely or virtually or is it a hybrid? If you do end up needing to negotiate this aspect of the job where you will be working, plan out ahead of time, maybe three reasons why you want to work remotely or you want to work in a hybrid environment. And you want to make sure that the reasons you give speak to benefits for the organization. So this is not about your personal need because Fido, you know, I adopted him during COVID and he has separation anxiety. And if I leave him, you know, they don't care. So really think about how will I help the organization if I can, you know, work in the way that I want to work. The third thing I'm hearing a lot is why is it taking so freaking long? So the problem is, Job searches in general are taking longer than candidates expect. Now, here's the thing. That's an arbitrary number. So whether we're talking about the timeline from, you know, application to receiving a job offer, or if we're talking about my overall job search from the day I started until the day I land a job, it's taking longer. But the the fact is nobody told you to expect that it would take X number of months and it's taken longer. You arbitrarily decided that. So the solution for this one is a mindset shift. Again, you've made an arbitrary decision that this is taking too long, and that is not serving you. That is causing you to question maybe your credentials. Maybe it's causing you to question the, you know, the opportunities out there. Is this the job market I should be in? Should I get back out of the job market, you know, not look anymore? You cannot compare your job search or your hiring timeline to anyone else's. That's especially important if you have a friend or family member who got snatched up really quickly and you're using that as your yardstick. Of course, that's going to leave you feeling less than. You want to make sure that you aren't making any delays or any, you know, protracted timelines mean anything about you about your marketability, about the job market. So the mindset shift is absolutely critical here. The next one I'm hearing is the job board situation, right? So the problem is clients are coming to me because maybe they've always gotten jobs on job boards. Maybe they've never had to look at job boards and they thought it would be a breeze to do it. 
But what's happening is it's not yielding the results they were expecting. They need to do things differently. So they know that. They just don't know what that other thing, that different thing is or should be. So here's my solution. Of course, it's networking. I've talked about this extensively on the podcast, and including my plus one approach, which I'm going to touch on a little bit later. So I've got some steps here for you on this networking. And again, I've done deep dives on this in other podcasts. I have a lot of clients who come to me specifically for me to teach them how to network. And I teach it in a way where you are giving as much value as you are receiving. There is an equal exchange of energy so that you don't feel creepy or, as I call it, like a barnacle in the job search process. So step one in this whole networking thing is identify 10 to 12 companies that are ideal matches with your non-negotiables. What is it that's most important to you in a company, in a job, and who offers that? What companies align with what you're looking for? 10 to 12 of them. Step two, identify the people you know who are in your network who either work in that company or know the decision maker or both, that's ideally, or if none of those work for a particular company, who do I know that is very well connected that maybe can get me get my foot in the door with that company just because they're very well connected? Step three, meet with those people, either virtually or in person, and you want to have a specific ask for them. So you've done your homework on LinkedIn. You see that they're connected to Sue Smith and HR. You see that they're connected to the decision maker, or you see that they're connected to the CEO of a smaller company, and you're hoping they will introduce you, put in a good word for you, whatever it is. You have a very specific ask that you can then follow up on within 24 hours. Step four. And I mentioned this earlier, provide as much value as you give. Listen, prepare ahead of time, do your homework on LinkedIn so you understand this person's work, what they're doing, where they're at, all of that. Ask questions, listen deeply and carefully in the in the networking process so that you can be a listening ear, give advice, give some best practices, recommend a vendor, recommend a person they need to meet, suggest an approach to something that they're struggling with. But you want to provide as much value as you give, as you get rather. And step five, follow up and follow through. So the follow up is, hey, I hope that my suggestion to, you know, talk to so-and-so was useful to you. And I'm looking forward to meeting Sue Smith. So follow-up is reminding them what they agreed to do for you. The follow-through is you doing whatever you agreed to do for them. So if maybe you're going to make an introduction to someone on their behalf, maybe you're going to send them the contact information of a vendor you really like. Be sure to follow through with that. Step six, lather, rinse, repeat. So do it again. Set up one or two of these meetings a week and keep going through this process. And then with the plus one approach, again, I've talked about it extensively on the podcast. Step one is apply only to jobs online that you are extremely interested in and at least 75% qualified for. Don't get into this nasty habit of quantity over quality. I talk to so many people who say, well, the job boards aren't working for me. When I ask them how they're solving for that problem, their response is they're applying to more jobs online. So they've identified what doesn't work and they're doubling down on it. Makes no sense at all. So only apply to those jobs that you're really excited about and feel pretty darn qualified for. And then step two, you want to leverage your network in some way 
Maybe it's having somebody put in a good word for you, somebody make an introduction, someone to somehow advocate on your behalf. And then step three with the plus one approach is if step two fails, if you don't have anyone that can you can leverage, then professional stalking, which is finding an opportunity to occupy the same geographic space as the person that you're trying to meet by you know researching their online presence, finding out maybe they belong to the Chamber of Commerce or a certain civic organization and showing up there, crossing paths with them. But of course, you have to make sure you don't tell them that you were stalking them because they'll call the cops on you. So you have to act surprised that you ran into them there. All right. And the next question is, is my resume even making it through the company system? So there's a lot of frustration around the applicant tracking systems. So the problem is if you haven't had your resume written by a qualified resume professional. So to be clear, as with many fields, there are a lot of folks out there who are calling themselves resume writers who have never received any formal training. They do not know what they're doing, and they certainly don't know how to write applicant tracking system compatible resumes. So someone like me, this is my profession. I am one of 23 master resume writers in the world. I know what I'm talking about with this. So here's the solution. I provide my clients with two versions of their resume. So they get the pretty version that has graphic formatting, shading, whatever, all kinds of things to give it a visual appeal. And then I give them the ATS version that is deformatted. So in addition to the applicant tracking system not being able to read things like bullets that aren't found on your computer keyboard, tables, text boxes, underlining, the ATS needs to be able to find certain information in certain places. And again, I've done entire podcasts on this. So a couple things. Use standard resume headings such as education and professional experience. Don't get cute with your headings or the ATS won't be able to find the content that it's looking for in those sections. Next, spell out words and use the acronyms. It's just kind of covering your bases. So Bachelor of Science and then in parentheses BS. If you have a credential that you've earned, the Project Management Professional. So Project Management Professional in parentheses PMP. And it just can easily, it just as easily can be PMEP in parentheses Project Management Professional. It doesn't matter which order it's in. Next, review the job description for keywords that aren't already present in your resume and include them if applicable. So this is going to be keywords like certifications, competencies, skill sets, not hardworking team player. You know, those kind of words don't have any meaning or really any place in your resume. Don't keyword stuff. And what that means is don't white, don't take the job description. This is what some people have done and, and it, you get caught every time and you use white font for it and you kind of hide it in your resume. So the entire body of the job description with all those keywords is already in your resume, hiding and hovering in the background that will come back to bite you. Don't do it. And then translate your job titles if needed. So and this is always in the spirit of helping the prospective employer understand the level of work you've done, the type of work you've done, being fair to them and to you. It's never about misrepresentation or lying. So for example, I worked with a client recently and he his job titles were very atypical. So with him, we put in parentheses equivalent to and whatever it whatever the kind of more normal term is. In other cases, I just use that job title or in some other way 
translate that job title for the prospective employer. Finally, reach out to the employer whenever possible to verify that they've received your materials. So it's it's pretty easy to experience a glitch in this process. I personally experienced this several years ago, and I don't still don't know what happened, but I hadn't heard and hadn't heard. It was a job that I was very excited about and very qualified for. Reached out to them like, no, we didn't get anything from you. And so whatever happened, it, it, it can happen. So you want to make sure they actually got it. I hope these little tips help on what is tripping up job seekers in 2022 and hope you can take some of this and make some changes in your job search. So I will see you next week and take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.